I always get excited when I see the Spirit of God speaking a message to the body of Christ and I hear it over and over and over in different places. That is one of the ways that you know that this is a message, this is what the Spirit is saying to the church. It's one thing for pastors to do series, and that's always wonderful. It's one thing for people to do, um, you know, to do uh, just topical sermons, and those are always great. But when you hear something being repeated everywhere, and you hear multiple ministers who never talked about it, who never got together, all preaching the same thing, you know that this is what the Spirit is saying to the church to prepare the body of Christ. Well, this is kind of what happened to me. I was flying back, I was preaching in Hawaii, uh, back a, about two weeks ago, I guess it was, and I was on my flight there is where it started, and the Lord began to give me this sermon on the days of Elijah. Now, I have, I've heard about the days of Elijah. I've preached about the days of Elijah, but I never saw the revelation that the Lord gave me. I, I never saw what I'm about to tell you. It was a, it was a brand new revelation for me. So as I, as I began to just speak to a few other ministers, they were telling me what the Lord was giving them. And I'm thinking, well, I like that, but what God has given me is, is not different. It's just another piece of the puzzle. So I think that this, I think that this word is quite unique and uh, I'm gonna take it slow if I can because I really want you to get it. I want you to understand what the days of Elijah are about. I want you to understand not only what they're about, that we are in the days of Elijah and I'm gonna prove that to you and show you how you know that we are in the days of Elijah and what you can expect out of that season, that supernatural season that we are walking in and starting in right now. So um, on the way back from Hawaii, I thought, well, I didn't. Pre I thought I was going to preach the sermon there, and I didn't. I, I preached everything else I knew there, though. I'll tell you, I was preaching day and night there. It was wonderful, and um, but then on the way back, the Lord just revisited me again on that plane, and I started working on this, and so here we are. It's fresh out of the oven. I can't wait to hear it myself because I've never preached it, and I've never heard anybody else preach some of this. So I can't wait to hear it myself. So this is either going to be glorious or it's going to be a flop, and I think it's going to be glorious, but. Uh, now, I'm just teasing you guys. I'm excited about it. All right, so I'm just going to give it a simple title. These are the days of Elijah. Now, Holy Spirit, do what you do best. Turn this into your classroom. I pray that every ear will be open, that there'll be no distractions on our phones or in, our, in, in front of us or in this room. I pray, Lord, there'll be no hindrances. But, Lord, in the next few moments, you will allow every person in this room to come into agreement with your word. God, give them the revelation of the word. I realize, Lord, there's some things that can be taught. There's other things that have to be caught. And, Lord, this is one of those revelations that has to be revealed to us by the Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, you be the teacher tonight. I will only be the conduit, the mouthpiece, but I pray that you will say what you want to say. Let me say not one word more than needs to be said and not one word less than what you want to say. And I give you the praise for it in Christ's name. And everybody said... Amen. Now these guys have a PowerPoint uh, on the screens, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuss with that screen. So hopefully they'll keep up with me, and you'll be able to get most of this from the screen as well. I want you to go to the book of Malachi. So how many of you know that the New Testament begins? 
the same way the Old Testament ends. It's 400 years later, but how many of you know that the, one of the first things quoted in the New Testament was the last thing that was said in the Old Testament? It's quoted by the angel Gabriel. So the angel Gabriel comes down and announces something that Malachi said at the very end of the Old Testament. So I want you to start there in Malachi chapter 4. This is the last book of the Old Testament. And, and uh, so we're going to start in Malachi chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. For behold, the day. Everybody say, the day. The day is coming. He's talking about a particular day. Now, when you see that phrase, the day is coming, you will understand that it, it is always in reference to the day of the Lord. That is the day where God comes down and judges the earth and purifies the earth. He's not just judging it. He's throwing out evil and so that good can remain in the earth. So it's a day of purification, not just judgment. The only thing that gets judged is evil, but it's so that the righteous can shine forth, okay? So that happens. You read that story in Matthew 24. You read that story in Luke 17. And so that is, the, that is what happens when Jesus Christ comes back to, the, to this earth with the army angels. Now look at this. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. How many of you know that's not the passage you're gonna put on your refrigerator? Anybody get that? That is not the one you're gonna read every morning to have a happy day. And there's not gonna be a smiley face. This is a warning right here. So, and they will leave them neither root nor branch. So that's how Malachi 4 begins. So the day of the Lord is referring to a day of God's judgment. But then he says, the, the, the next line says, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Has anybody ever had a stall-fed calf before? Now, any, so there's only a few people that grew up on the farm. If you know what that is, that means that calf doesn't have to do anything for itself. You bring the hay, you muck the, you muck the, the stall, you bring the water, you bring the grain. All the calf does is sit there and get fat because everything the calf needs is brought to him. And the Lord says, but to you who fear the Lord, the son of righteousness is going to rise and he's going to give you everything you need to grow fat like a stall-fed calf, and you're going to go out that way. You're not going to go out with the fire, but you're going to go out, and that's rapture language there. You're going to go out like a stall-fed calf. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us, and if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Then he says in verse 3, But behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. And everybody look at the next word. What is the next word? It starts with a B, B-E. Before, before, everybody shout before. Now you gotta get this. We just talked about the day of the Lord, the day no one wants to be around for, right? That's not the day we're looking for. But behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So something is coming 
before that day. And that's, you gotta get that part. This is not a part of it. Something is coming to the earth before the judgment of God is coming to the earth. The, the power, the spirit and power of Elijah is coming to the earth. All right, so notice he says in verse six, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. This is so important. Now, um, I'm gonna bring you back to this verse before I end this tonight, but this is absolutely important that you connect the dots between this statement and the prophet Elijah. Now, a lot of times we, we don't do that well. We do not connect this statement with the ministry of Elijah. Some people scratch their head and think, what does Elijah have to do with, we don't even know what his son's name was. What does Elijah have to do with turning the hearts of fathers back to the sons? I mean, I get that for Jesus. I get that for Abraham, right? I mean, he would say the, the spirit of Abraham, he's gonna turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons. I get that, but Elijah, really? Why is Elijah the one that gets credited for turning the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the sons back to the fathers? Well, you're gonna find out tonight. I think you'll figure it out probably before I get there, but that is a cool revelation when you figure out how Elijah got connected to this prophecy. So it says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So again, he puts that last phrase in there to let you know that the spirit and power of Elijah is coming to the earth before the dreadful day. It's coming because God doesn't want to strike the earth with a curse. He's coming so that people can be saved. He's coming that so that people will come to know the Lord before the judgment of God comes upon the wicked. So what do the days of Elijah look like? We're going to look at several things. So if the days of Elijah are coming before the dreadful day of the Lord, what do the days of Elijah look like? First of all, here's the very first thing. I'm going to give you three or four of these. The first thing is the days of Elijah refer to a season that precedes the coming of the Lord. Okay, so get this. The days of Elijah is a forerunner spirit. The days of Elijah is a forerunner spirit. It's the spirit of God that comes heralding that something is coming. It's a forerunner spirit. Okay, I'm gonna ask for volunteer. I don't care who you are. I don't even care if I know your name, but this is the qualification. You cannot be easily intimidated and you've gotta have a loud mouth. Do I have any volunteers? I just need one. I need one person. Don't point at your wife. Don't point at anybody else. Will you, okay, will you come and help me? All right, come here, Corrine. She, give her a hand. All right. So here's what you gotta do. You got some moves, I know you do. But what I want you to do is I want you to go up and down these aisles, run if you want to, skip or walk, whatever you want to do. And this is what you've got to tell them, all right? This is what you gotta say. All right, all you're gonna do is announce that. You just tell them until they've all heard, all right? I'm not gonna say a word. It's up to you. You want the mic? Here we go. Oh, I have to use the mic. You might need Ready? Okay. Dr. B is coming. 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 Dr. B is coming, Dr. B is coming, Dr. B is coming, 
Dr. B is coming, Dr. B is coming, Dr. B is coming, Dr. B is coming. Right. <laughs> Listen, she did a great job. You got in your steps too. That is what the spirit of a forerunner looks like. She ran and she announced the forerunner spirit is to announce that someone is coming. It is an announcement. It's not an invitation. It is an announcement. Get ready. Something is coming. So the spirit and power of Elijah came when Jesus was born, and the spirit and power of Elijah is coming before the rapture of the church to announce the same thing that John the Baptist announced. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. It's an announcer. So you've got to get this. The forerunner spirit is announcing that Jesus is coming. Now, the first time we see the forerunner of Christ, we don't see that word in the Old Testament. We don't see forerunners, but suddenly Jesus comes on the scene and we see this forerunner of Christ. It's, it's the first story of the New Testament. Now, if you read the genealogy that was written later and then put in there, but the very first story of the New Testament is the birth, of, not of Jesus, the birth of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus. And in this story, what you've got to get about this story is that it is like an Abraham and Sarah story. There's this older couple that is way past childbearing age. They, they, are, they should be grandparents, but they have no children. And they're to a point in their life that they're not expecting to have children because they're way past childbearing age. Now he is, a, he is a priest of the Lord and he's in the eighth order of priests. So priests come in, David ordered the priests in 24 orders. And so he's in the eighth. Now how many of you know what eighth means prophetically, right? New beginnings. So he's in the eighth order of the priest, the order of Abijah, and he is doing his priestly duty. His job is to go in and, and, and light the fire at the table of incense, at the altar of incense. That's what his job is. So he is inside the temple and he is lighting the, the fire for the bringing the coal from the brazen altar to offer incense before the Lord at the table of incense. And Gabriel shows up. And Gabriel says what he always says, do not be afraid. And you think you want to see an angel till they show up, and then they have to say, do not be afraid. So that's what happens with every angel that shows up. And so, so Gabriel says, do not be afraid. I have heard your prayer. And he said, you're going to have a son. And he said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You, you weren't listening to my prayer. You heard somebody else's prayer because do you know my wife and do you see our age and have you seen our calendar? I mean, you know what? I wasn't praying for a son. I was praying for my nation. He said, I know but I'm gonna save your nation by raising up a new generation. I'm gonna save your nation by resurrecting a generation that looks dead, that looks like it doesn't even belong. But when I get through resurrecting, that's why I'm choosing you. I didn't wanna choose a young couple. 
this needs to be a miracle. This needs to be a God-sized event. A, it needs to look so supernatural that everyone's gonna know it wasn't conjured. Everyone's gonna know it wasn't manipulated. No one can own it and no one can sell it and no one can claim it. I am going to do something so God-sized that only God can get the credit. And so I'm choosing you because everybody knows you can't have children, but I'm gonna save your nation through another generation. Listen, I don't know if you've seen the headlines lately, but our nation needs saving and all the nations of the world need saving. This world needs saving. What if the old politicians can't do it anymore? What if the old preachers have preached everything they know? Maybe we need for God to supernaturally raise up the most radical, on fire generation we've ever, the world has ever seen that doesn't care who's looking and doesn't care what anybody says about them. Maybe it's that generation that will turn the world around. So here is the angel Gabriel. He comes before him and he says to him, and I'm going to read part of this and I'll show you verse 17. This is in Luke 1, beginning in verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you should call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And that's part of the miracle. And he will turn the many, many of the children of Israel to the Lord, uh, to the Lord their God. Now listen to verse 17. This is important. He will also go before him. I want you to see this. He will also go before him in what? The Spirit and power of Elijah, two different things. The spirit of Elijah and the power of Elijah. He will go before them in two, in two things, the spirit and power of Elijah to what? Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the dis disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He, this angel Gabriel, the angel Gabriel is quoting Malachi. He is, he is, he is in a activating, actually, the prophecy of Malachi that says, I'm going to send the spirit and power of Elijah to announce that Jesus is coming. And so you have to understand that now, in order to understand why it's important, so was that it? Was that just the spirit and power of Elijah? Is it over? Because John the Baptist, is it over? No, we have to go back and connect this to Elijah's ministry to see the rest of the story. Unless you see Elijah's ministry, you don't even understand what this means. It looks like that John the Baptist just had special power in the wilderness and that he came to herald the coming of the Lord. So when you read Isaiah's prophecy about John the Baptist, listen to this. He said, the voice of one, this is Isaiah 40 and, and, and verse three. Uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for God. So this is John the Baptist's ministry in the desert. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. And then he says something that you need to understand about what happens when the spirit and power of Elijah shows up. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. You cannot miss that point. 
When the spirit and power of Elijah shows up, it does not show up in anointing, it shows up in glory. When the spirit and power of Elijah shows up, the glory of the Lord is gonna be revealed, and guess what he says? All flesh shall see it together. Now, I've been preaching a lot about this lately. Some of you are already tracking with me because I've talked about the third Pentecost, I've talked about the dance of the Trinity, anybody remember that sermon on the dance of the Holy Trinity? How God is doing things in threes on purpose for a reason. Well, when you begin to connect this back to the ministry of Elijah, you begin to see a pattern formed where Elijah was announcing that the glory of God is coming to this earth and the Holy Spirit is gonna come in three waves or three moves of glory. And Elijah is the one who tells us this. So let me show you what that looks like. So the second thing that the days of Elijah are about is the moving of the Holy Spirit to be the forerunner of the rapture. The moving, the way that John the Baptist was the forerunner of the birth of Christ, the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will also operate in the spirit and power of Elijah as the forerunner of the rapture. Do you know that most people don't even believe in the rapture? I read an article that I hope is not true, that even in the United States, that, that only 48% of evangelicals believe that the Bible is real that the for 48% of evangelicals are now, that means 52% of evangelicals are questioning the authenticity of the word of God. If we've ever needed revival, it's now. And I'm telling you guys, I, I love the preachers, but we're past a sermon. We are so past another sermon. We've heard some great sermons. We need something bigger than a sermon. We are past writing another hit song. I love new worship songs, but we're way past another Elevation song. We're way past another Bethel song. We're way past another Christ for the Nation song. I love all of that music, but it's going to take more than a song and more than an evangelist and more than a sermon. We need the glory of God to invade this planet and visit us once again to turn this generation around. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.